Blog Talk Radio. Do you think that 
Am, am I blowing this out of proportion, DG, or do you think that? Wait a second. Sir? Sorry. I think that you're full of crap, and I think that people need to calm down. This is actually one of my nuggets, but honestly, it's only been, what, 16, 17 games? I mean, can we calm down? Can we wait a second? Can we wait a second? It hasn't been a full season. Look at look, look at the deuce, the absolute deuce that the Heat dropped at the beginning of the year when, you know, they got, the, you know, the, the great one, LeBron James, and that other the other toolbox, Chris Boss. The fact of the matter is, you know, the facts of the facts and the numbers don't lie, sir. It's only been about 16 games, not even a quarter of a season. People are talking about how Carmelo Anthony's no good. He needs to go. Doesn't belong in New York. Amari Stoudemire is better than him. Yada, yada, yada. Know your role and shut your hold. And that includes you, JB. Because people are way, way, way too critical over a small body of work. The fact is, D'Antoni doesn't play any defense. That's his thing. That's his gimmick. That's what he does, Papa. That's what he does. D'Antoni needs to go. You need to go. And everybody needs to get over it. Get a life. Seriously. Obviously. Definitely. Carmelo Anthony is good. He's a piece of the puzzle. Big old piece of the puzzle. The Knicks will be fine. I'm not worried about this year. And you know what? Enough's enough. That's all I have to say about that, sir. Well, enough is not enough. Let me ask you, DG. Realistically speaking, this team is probably going to make the playoffs. Do you see them winning a first-round playoff series? I see them winning a first-round playoff series, a second-round playoff series, third, fourth, fifth-round playoff series. In fact, I see them going and extending above and beyond the NBA Finals and winning the NCAA tournament. I think that the Knicks can do it all. I think they can have a clean sweep. I think they can win the NIT. I think the Knicks are that damn good. But getting back to reality, uh, probably not. I actually don't think that they'll win a first-round playoff. But you know what? The Knicks were not a playoff team before they got Carmelo Anthony. They need other uh, pieces to go around him. You know, it's not just... Him and Amari. They need other people. That's that's a given. I'm looking forward to next year. Not so big on this year. I don't think the Knicks are going to go anywhere per se. But if you're going to put a gun to my head, which I hope you don't, I'd say no, they don't win the first-round playoff. But I think that they can. I just don't think they will, sir. I, I just find it comical that, um, you know, I'm obviously a Boston Celtics fan. And the, the Knicks are actually have a worse record with Carmelo Anthony than they had without him. So, it's interesting that they're one game below 500 when they when they didn't have Carmelo Anthony. They were about like. Well, I can't take any more babble. That's what I said you were saying. Shut up, Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying this team Wait was. Uh, this team was about five or six games over 500 before Carmelo Anthony came on here. And now they're one game below 500. So the stats. Oh, come on. Like it's, been seven, it's been 16 games. It's been 16. Would you wait a second? Sir, would you wait a second, please? You said the numbers don't lie. Wait a second. I can't take take any more of this babble, all right? I cannot take any more of this babble, please. You know, you're you're the big basketball fan here. I just think that you can't judge it, sir. You can't judge it over the short time that it's been. You just cannot judge it. I think it's too much. I think you're going nuts. If you want to talk about the Celtics, it's fine. But you know what? I'm sick of this talk. I'm sick of it. You know what's what's also uh I'm going to, you know, get on my soapbox, my Boston Celtics soapbox and tell you that oh, please do. you know having Carmelo Anthony is always a double-edged sword when you have young talent come on the team because 
Um, you know, they try to win when it's convenient for them, and I think that's what Carmelo Anthony is. I think he's a win if it's convenient for me. You look at the Boston Celtics from three years ago in 2008, he had three stars, you know, a little bit past their prime in Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, but they all had one goal in mind, and that was to win a championship. Now, sadly enough, it's going to take Carmelo Anthony a couple of years, like you said, to realize that he can't do it all himself. He's got to play some defense. And they need maybe one or two more pieces around the, you know, the, the Amari Stoudemire to actually win and contend for a title. So with the salary cap the way it is, you know, you could probably get maybe one more superstar, um, maybe two, but you know, most likely one. So they will be competing, but this year I think you could just say that the Knicks are going to lose the first round in the first round series of the playoffs, and DG. You can't. I mean, it's always a double-edged sword with the Boston Celtics. They're an aging team. They have, they're a win-now team, but they also put their egos aside, and they know that it's all about team basketball and about winning championships. Sir, let me ask you a question. Um, do you honestly think that that the Knicks are going to? You know, you just said, all right, they're not going to go anywhere, right? The first round loss, whatever the case is, but. You think that the Knicks are going to win it all with Mike D'Antoni as their coach? The fact is, the dude never—that—that's his whole thing. His whole system is no—is no defense. You think that? I mean, don't wouldn't they need a different coach if they're going to go anywhere in the long run? Because their defense is—it's atrocious, sir. It—it's—it's a, it's a joke. They make us all sick. So, with that said, then they should really fire D'Antoni at the end of the year or even now because you don't want them firing him mid-season next year if the team is failing still, and then the team has to get used to a whole new system mid-season, and then you're going to use the excuse that they have a new coach and they still suck. Uh, you know, I agree with that. I think if you're going to get rid of D'Antoni, I mean, there's no need to get rid of him right now, but if you're going to get rid of him, let him go at the end of the season, you know, fire his right, get him out, you know, and bring somebody else in who's going to teach defense, who's going to do, you know, do what it do. Um, I was listening to the fan yesterday, and Mike was talking about how you know, with better talent on the Suns, D'Antoni couldn't get the job done. So, I mean, he's not going to get it done here in New York, sir. Yep. And, you know, I guess we could stop talking about the Knicks because unless we have a caller or any callers out there, the number, again, is 714-364-4721. If you want to talk about <laughs> your your Knicks that really blow. Or we could talk about my Celtics that I just want to talk about right now. You know, the Celtics, they're showing their age. The season is definitely a long season, especially when you have an aging team like the Celtics. We haven't seen the two O'Neals, Jermaine or Shaquille, in about two months. So the Celtics are not doing as well as I had thought in the month of March. So much that the Chicago Bulls have taken the one seed over uh, in the Eastern Conference. Now, let's see what happens. Hold on, seeing a little technical difficulties. DJ, you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Oh, okay. Thought I had some technical difficulties there. Okay. So, um, as I was saying, <laughs> as I was saying, the Celtics, aging team, and now have fallen to the two seed. So, this is something that concerns me, obviously, because I want this team to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. And at the very obviously. least, at the very least, DG, I think the Celtics could get to the finals. But I want them to have a better record than the Lakers because I feel like the Lakers are still going to come out of the West. So, if we have a better record than the Lakers, at least. We have the extra home game in the finals, so we have to get through, we have to get through this month of March, which has been hell, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but I, I still think this team is going to come out of the East, and I still think that they're going to win a championship, despite what all the naysayers say. The Miami Heat are a sham. The Orlando Magic don't know how to play, and who's the other team? The <laughs> Chicago Bulls are one trick pony with Derrick Rose. He can shove it up his little keister. 
Sir, why are you so angry? Can I can I ask, let's talk about this for a second. Where is all the anger and hostility coming from, sir? I want callers. Give me callers. Sir, you know what? You know what, sir? You need to calm down. You need to lay off the drugs. All right, and you know, just get get over it. Enough's enough, sir. Enough is enough. All right, enough of the Celtics. DG, what do you got Woo! in your plate? <laughs> well, sir, uh, I was thinking we can get some nuggets. I know it's earlier than usual, but the fact of the matter is that you know we've talked a lot about wrestling lately. Uh, we're not going to have fire on this evening. Uh, I believe he'll be joining us next week for uh, you know his, uh, his next installment or of uh, On Fire with Pyro as we talk about WrestleMania. And it's going to be a big week next week, folks, just so uh, everybody knows. Uh, next Tuesday we have Just Incredible, I mean uh, Justin Labar, who's going to be joining us from WrestleZone again, you know, friend of the show. Next Thursday we're going to have, for a repeat, a three-peat, close personal friend and the best man at Joe's wedding, Mr. Evan Roberts, is going to be joining us, folks. We're going to talk about Mets. That's right, folks, because baseball... Thank the good Lord above starts next Friday, and it's going to be exciting. We're going to be ready. We're going to be ready to rock and roll. The Mets will start next week, and Evan will be with us to preview the season. And uh, the following Tuesday, we're going to have Doug Mortman. Once again, Doug, another close person on the front. He was the other best man at Joe's wedding, maid of honor possibly. He is going to be joining us to talk about post-WrestleMania. So it's a big show next week. Big week, big week, big month, big year. This is it, pure gold, land of the free, home of the brave. Getting back to reality, sir, let's get into some nuggets. I have a couple of lists that I'd like to get into, but, sir, do you have any, you know, let me defer, age before beauty, do you have any nuggets you'd like to get into, sir? No, I mean, I, I defer to you because you are definitely beautiful, and I am one ugly SOB, so go ahead. <laughs> beautiful baby, sir. Well, you took my first nugget right out of the toilet, talking about Carmelo Anthony. Now, I want to get into a couple of lists here. But before I do that, so let's talk about some Mets baseball. Let's talk about some baseball. Let's talk about how the facts are the facts and the numbers don't lie, sir. Let's talk about how the New York stem decreased in value, sir, 13%, according to Forbes' annual report. Can you explain to me, sir, please? $858 million was what they were worth last year. This year they dropped all the way to 747 Folks, that's $111 million. Oh, that is a lot of money. The only teams that are worth more than the Mets, folks, they're, they're fifth on the list. I just drew up a four like the four horsemen, but they're fifth on the list. The Yankees, the Sox, the Dodgers and the Cubs. How the Dodgers and the Cubs are worth anything, I have no idea. But the Yanks are worth $1.7 billion. The Red Sox are next at $912 million, a far cry from one point seven. Isn't it amazing, Joe, that the Yankees are worth almost double what the Red Sox are worth? They're like, I think the, the stat was 86%. Uh, worth, they're worth 86% more money. I mean, that, 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 that's insane, think. you know? You're making it all sick, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, sir. But anyway, um, the fact is that you look at this team, right, the, the, the mess that the Mets are. And so we were talking about this today, but how much longer? Oh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this to you off the air, but Fitz loves it when we say sir to each other. So for those of you listening out there, that's why we constantly refer to each other as sir. Our producer has deemed it necessary for the success of the show. How much longer before Fred and Jeff realize, the Wilpons I'm talking about, sir, that they need to sell a controlling interest in this team. Joe, break that down for us right quick. 
I've thought uh, I've thought for the last couple of years that the Wolfpons had a sell team, even before this whole Madoff, Madoff, whatever you want to call them, jerk off scheme, this Ponzi scheme. You know, it it just it just Ponzi typifies thumb. what the Mets have been. I'm starting to really think, and I know I think I've said this to you maybe on or off the air, sir, but the in 1986 when the Mets were down to one last out against the Red Sox in Game Six of the World Series, I truly think they sold their souls to the devil. I think any anybody that owns this team now will, you know, be jinxed. And you can see that, you know, the Wilpons, the owners of the team currently, are being, you know, being sued by, you know, Major League Baseball for all these all these schemes and scams. Um, it's just something that it typifies being the Mets. I mean, not only is their product bad on the field, but they have so many off-the-field problems. Are you really that surprised, DG, that they lost $111 million? I mean, their attendance was down... What six hundred thousand last year? Yes, about six hundred thousand. So I mean, the, it doesn't surprise me that they lost they lost value. I mean, I'm I'm surprised they're still fifth, aren't you? No, you know, I, I, it doesn't surprise me per se. I just think that you know, it's one year. It's one one really bad year. The, the fact is, five years ago, the Mets were on the, were on the brink of of winning it all. The Mets were were going to go back to back in a belly to belly. And they didn't, but I don't, that doesn't necessarily surprise me, sir. Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. What do you think is going to happen this year with the Mets, sir? On the field? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sir. Uh, getting back to what I was saying, um, I think that the, the Wolfpons need to sell, right? But the thing is, Joe, let me ask you this question, and and you know, it does matter this time. You think that anybody's going to buy into this team, considering that the, the Wilpons don't want to sell a majority interest? The fact is that this, this is the way that I equate it. This is the way that my mind works. This is the way that the great one, the people's check. I'm sorry. This is the way that DRG, uh, excuse me, this is the way that DG, a.k.a. Daily Grind, looks at it. If I was a millionaire, which obviously I'm not because I'm doing this show with you. If I was, obviously. I'd own you, and then I'd fire you, and then I'd rehire obviously. you constantly the way that Vince McMahon has done to Jim Ross. But obviously. the Mets are the Mets are a sinking ship. We can agree. We can agree on that, right? If I had money, I would invest in the Yankees. Let's just say ten percent. I mean, I hate the Yankees, but I'm just giving you an example. Ten percent, right? Because you know that if you invest that money, you don't need any controlling interest. You don't need to have any say. The Yankees are run well, very well. You know, more money than anybody else in terms of sports. You know you're going to get that money back. If you were a millionaire, why would you invest in the Mets at, say, 20%? The Mets, the Mets are a sinking ship. The Wolfpons have no clue what they're doing right now, right? So you're going to put all this money into this team and have no say, and then what? The Mets are losing money. I mean, eventually it could get to the point where the Mets start hemorrhaging money, and then the Wolfpons are going to be forced to sell. And I know you're going to agree, disagree with me on this, but I think that the Wolfpons are too smart. Fred has made too much money over his life success in real estate, to just let this team go and lose close to a billion, a billion dollars. I think that soon enough he's going to realize he has to sell. If the Mets don't get somebody willing to invest in 25% of the team, which why would you, you know, unless it's Vince McMahon, they're going to lose it, sir. They're going to lose it like you know what. You know, I will disagree with you because I feel like if, if he hasn't sold after last year, after losing 100 and whatever, $11 million, I don't feel he'll ever sell the team. I mean, he might just go belly up and and just take the loss and take. Cause I I think the guy has pride. I don't know what pride he has left. I mean, this team is a sinking ship. I think what you need to do with the Mets is be realistic. You're in a division with the Philadelphia Phillies, who has 
Quite arguably. Lord, I can't take anymore. It's babble. Sir, the fact is, I don't know how, and I mean this, how you could think that Wilpon is dumb enough. All right, he's lost money, but how can you in your right mind, I mean, you have a brain in there, how could you think that this man is going to lose all his money, close to a billion dollars? He hasn't been successful in real estate for all these years by losing money, sir. Can you explain that to me? Can you just wait a second? I just think that, you know, he has other successful businesses, so if the Mets is a failure or, you know, losing money, it does uh, not matter as much to him I mean, because he has wait, other wait, businesses. Wait a second, wait a second. Would you wait a second? You're telling me this guy has made this money, he's going to lose close to a billion dollars at the Mets just because he has other successful businesses? Who can afford to lose a billion dollars? Nobody. <laughs> I think the uh, the Wilpons can. Sorry, DG. No, I, no, no. No. Then why why are they only selling 25% of the team? Why? Because they don't want to get rid of the team because Fred wants his grandkids to own this team. Because the fact is that Fred Wilpon wants to keep the Mets in the family. It's like you, right? I mean, you're an old hag. You're washed up, right? You have Sabrina. If you own the franchise, if you own the Celtics, right? And things were you, hard, you were going through a hard, tough time with the Celtics. Wouldn't you want your daughter to own the Celtics? Wouldn't you want her kids to own the Celtics? Wouldn't you want that your your third generation with the size of grapefruits? Wouldn't you want them to own this team? If you think the Mets can turn around, the fact is that if the Mets, that the, the Wolfpons had some liquidity, if they weren't going through financial problems, they could afford to put money in the team, and people would come back to the park. That's the whole issue. The whole issue is that the Wolfpons need a boost. I think they should get rid of the team. I agree with you, but I just don't think that you can look at the, the Wilpons and say, you know what, that's it. Get them the hell out. Get them the hell out of the league now. I don't think it's at that point yet, sir. I just don't. Yeah, but uh, realistically for the next few years, I still think if he's losing about 100 to $200 million, I think he still keeps the team. And, you know, you're, you just told me that, you know, I said that I, I think he's going to sell it, but I think I said he's going to keep it. So I think you're a little confused there. No, 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 sir. You're talking about that you think that he's going to just just let this thing go, that he's going to flush it down the toilet the way you flush your money down the toilet. Sir, this is not, you cannot equate cents with, with hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars. The fact is that Wilpon is a good businessman. All right, Fred, you know, made a mistake. The Madoff thing was was obviously a mistake, and, you know, the the lawsuit is a joke. There's just no doubt. That lawsuit is a joke. The Mets didn't make that much money. They shouldn't have to give that much back. But the fact is that Fred is either going to sell it soon. He's not going to sit there and, and, and lose 100 or $200 billion every year because in three years he's going to be out of money. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Anybody who has any kind of money, close to a billion, the Mets are worth almost – a billion dollars last year. They were valued at, right, with everything that they own. You're telling me that he's going to let City Field, he's going to let the mess, he's going to let SNY just go belly up and say, you know what, a back-to-back and a belly-to-belly? I don't think so, sir. You think he's going to lose it all, flush it on the drain? That doesn't make sense. He, Fred couldn't have made his money that way. Donald Trump, Bill Gates, nobody would flush that much money down the toilet. You're telling me, all right, he, he's made his money in real estate, but the Mets have to be a, a, a huge source of his income. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to afford to buy the Mets in the first place if he wasn't successful elsewhere, right? He's transformed this team, him and, you know, Doubleday, Doubleday's gone. They transformed this team into a successful team. Don't tell me, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Don't tell me that they're going to lose another four, $500 billion before they get rid of it. 
I mean, for millions, sorry, millions and millions. If this continues again, I give it two years max before Fred says, you know what, i got to get the hell out. I'm going to sell this bad boy. I'm going to sell it to Mark Cuban. I'm going to sell it to DG. I'm going to sell it to JB. I'm going to sell it to Mike Francesa. I'm going to sell it to somebody. He's not going to lose everything that he's invested, sir. All right. I mean, that's a good rant. But let's just say, because we can't assume that Will Pump will sell the team after this year next year, let's just say for this year or even the next few years, they are in the division with the Philadelphia Phillies, like I was saying before, with quite arguably the best rotation, quite arguably the best starting rotation in baseball history. With that said, DG, I know you're not going to like this, but I'm going to start from rock bottom. I'm going to start from rock bottom, and I'm going to build my farm system, and I'm going to homegrown all my talent. And I'm going to, by doing that, I'm going to get rid of all my stars that are on the team now. I'm going to see who wants David Wright. I'm going to see who wants Jose Reyes. I'm going to see who wants Ike Davis. I'm going to start from scratch, and I'm going to make a plan in four to five years that this team is going to be all homegrown, and we're going to see from there where we go. You know, I couldn't disagree with you more because the truth is the Mets can't afford to rebuild, and Ike Davis is young enough where he could stay through a whole rebuilding process. This is New York. Unless you think the Mets are going to be the Knicks and they're going to be a, a train wreck for you know another five years, um, you know, the Mets have been close to being in contention. They've been close. If you're going to tell me they're going to flush the next five years down the toilet, Joe, you've been a Mets fan a little bit longer than I have because you've you got a couple years on me. Have the Mets ever proven at any time in their history they've been able to grow homegrown talent? In the 80s, they had Daryl Strawberry. They had Dwight Gooden. Who else did they have that was homegrown? Greg Jeffries? I mean, they didn't have that many guys. So I just don't see the Mets have, have no proven track record where they can win or they can develop talent. I mean, look at look at Generation K. You remember Generation K? Bill Pulsifer, Prozac himself. You have, uh, you know, Jason Isringhausen who's trying to make a comeback. You have Paul Wilson who's selling used cars in Detroit somewhere. You know, the Mets have never proven that they could get any talent. The fact is this is the most talent that I think they've ever had on the field at the same time that was homegrown with Ike Davis, David Wright, and uh, what's-his-face, uh, Jose Reyes over there at, uh, at Short. You know, and, uh, and even uh, Big Pelf, you know, the hand licker himself. Mike Paul for the starting rotation. You know, that's the most talent the Mets have had that I can remember in a long time that's homegrown. They're not the Yankees, so I, ideally in a, real, in a realistic world, it would be good for them to, to try and reboot and set it over again, but I have no confidence in this team. I have no confidence in this ownership, so I just don't see it getting done, sir. But on that note, as time advances, I didn't realize that, you know, we're just sitting here ranting and raving about this. Sir, before we get into the list and everything else, because we have Todd's take coming up, we also have our little movie segment is there anything else you'd like to say about the New York Mets in closing before we, uh, you know, move on? My only argument about that is that you said that the Mets have never proven to win anything with homegrown talent. But you know what? They haven't won with free agent pickups. Let's just face the facts. All the free agents that they pick up, except for maybe Mike Piazza, have, you know, not panned out like they wanted to. Even Johan Santana. I mean, the guy that was supposed to be like their ace of the staff. Obviously gets hurt, and now look at him. He's not going to be Obviously. pitching until maybe July 1st. So the Mets are jinxed when it comes to picking up free agents. Once They're still paying off Bobby Bonilla's salary. How ridiculous is that? So you're telling me that you don't think the Mets are ever going to be successful? That's all I have to say about that, sir. You're right. You know, the fact is the Mets have never proven that they can do anything right. They won an A6. They won in 69. That's it, sir. I'll lock it up. Throw away the key. Let's move on to something else.
Whoops. All right, I just touch on wrestling real quick because uh, actually, you know what? No, 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 I will not touch on wrestling. I'm gonna touch on something else before we get Todd to drop a deuce of a rant like he did on uh, Tuesday. I gotta read this to you, Joe. GQ magazine came up with a list of the worst sports fans in in the United States, sir. Any guesses as to who is on this list of top 15 worst sports fans? Uh, I'll say Dodger fans, L.A. Dodger fans. No, surprisingly enough, they're not on this list, sir. I will say L.A. Laker fans. Sir, you are correct. The Los Angeles Lakers are number 15 on this list. There's a word that they use that I can't repeat, but the Lakers are, are on the list. Uh, there's actually a couple of um, most of them are mainstream sports. You have, like, University of Wisconsin football, number 13. I remember going to visit my brother out there, you know, and he hates when I mention it, but um, we went to uh, Great Adventure, I forget what it's called, or Six Flags uh, Great America. It's in Illinois. Anyway, you know, you, you see people online from Wisconsin coming over to Illinois, and they have, like, their crazy Wisconsin Badgers, the gear, the face paint, everything else, bunch of psychos, right? Then yep. number 12 on the list, a football franchise, the only pro football franchise on this list, Sir, any guesses? I'm sorry, there are two, three. I don't even know. I'm looking. There's three football franchises. Any guesses to who's number 12, sir? I'm going to have to say the New York Jets. No, no, no. There's No, 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 no. no. no not the Jets, no. No team, that, no team that you or I root for is on this, is on this list. No Giants, okay, no Jets, no, nothing. So I have to pick the, the only NFL team in the top 15, which is actually number 12, right? No, uh, it was my mistake. There's three NFL teams in the top 15, but this is this is uh, definitely a team that's not very liked by most football fans, you know, who oh. are actually in the know. I'm going to have to say the Oakland Raiders then. Sir, no, the Oakland Raiders are actually number four on this list, but wow. number 12 get a big old star, if you know what I'm saying. The Dallas Cowboys. Yes, sir, the Dallas Cowboys, number 12 on this list. Number 11 on this list is the, let me see if I get this right, the only mainstream hockey team. Sir, any clue as to who is number 11? Please tell me it's the New York Rangers. <laughs> no, sir, not the New York Rangers. No local team. No local no team local. is on this list in, right. terms of, uh, in terms of hockey. There's only hockey one local team on the list, period. Is this hockey team a famous hockey team? They're a very well-known hockey team. We had a conversation about them when we were watching the Nets spank the Celtics last week. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. No, sir. Think towns that cause riots and are and are scum. Think about that. The Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> no, man. The Montreal Canadiens. They uh, who were rioted when the Canadiens were in the the, the finals. Not even when they won, some of the biggest scum on earth over there in Montreal, folks. You know, and they're the only pro professional sports franchise in North America that's from, uh, you know, in our major sports markets that are from, uh, you know, Montreal when you used to have the Expos, now the Nationals. All right, number nine, sir. Think about a team that you and I both have a great disdain for. In what sport? If I give it away, if I tell you the sport, you'll know right off the bat. So I want to see if you can guess, sir. We have a great disdain for? Yeah, we both well, test them. <laughs> well, it's the New York Yankees, of course. Yes, sir. The only local team, thank the sweet heavens, the New York Yankees are number nine. I actually thought they would have been higher on the list, but when we get to the top, we'll know exactly why they're not. Next up on the list, the only other 
uh, American League team that's on this list, sir? Any guesses as to who is number six? American League, so give me the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> what the hell are you doing in Chicago? No. <laughs> They're Boston Red Sox, sir. Chicago White Sox. That should slap the taste out of your mouth and the yellow off your teeth. The Boston Red Sox, because the list goes on to talk about how insufferable they are since they won. They used to be lovable losers. Now they're a bunch of blankety-blank-blanks. Sir, number four, you mentioned the Oakland Raiders. Um, if you have any curiosity, the other you know, the football teams are the University of Oregon, Louisiana State football, Duke University basketball, Penn State football, University of Maryland basketball, the West Virginia Mountaineers, and the top two teams, sir. Can you tell me worst sports fans in all sports? You can't tell me what sport? No, I can't because it's two sports, actually. Oh, okay. So can I say one is football? Yes. I'm going to have to say the Miami Dolphins. Damn it. No, get your head out of your beep and stop thinking about the Jets. Worst <laughs> football fans, worst fans, think about this. They're number they're number two on the list, sir. If it's not Oakland, then it's not Dallas. <sighs> sir, worst fans, worst. Come on, think about the oh, scum of yes, the earth. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Now it, it it brings up memories of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, ding, ding, a ding. The Philadelphia Eagles, the biggest scum on the earth, folks. Uh, wait, no, they're not. Because number one, the worst, the scummiest fans, the most subhuman fans on the planet, sir. Do you know who they are? <laughs> right in line with the Philadelphia Eagles, I'll say the Philadelphia Phillies. Sir, you have just won controlling interest in the New York Mets. Yes. The Eagles and the Phillies are the worst fans in all sports, the worst fans in all the planet, and possibly the worst human beings on God's green earth. I figured you'd get a kick out of the list. I saw it. You know, I was actually confused because I saw Eagles-Phillies, and I'm like, wait a minute, but there's only, you know, 12 other teams, 13 other teams. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second. That's right, wait two and one. The Eagles wait are number two, the Phillies are number one. Horrible, awful, terrible people. And, sir... Let me just say that this segment, this GQ segment, everything we've done up to this point, ripping the Mets, folks, it is all brought to you by Executive Business Machines. Do you have a copier, printer, fax machine, a computer, or even a temporary needs repair? If you do, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, located in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. EBM is a family-owned and operated business for over 50 years with a specialist in service, sales, and supplies, and all office equipment. Once again, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400. And if you mention Pure Gold, you get 20% off your order. Sir, please, take it away. Folks, it's 1035. It's time for the sports update. And Todd's Take, brought to you by DRG Designs. Do you need a company logo? Have a flyer for your next big event. you have an idea? We can make it a reality. For your graphic design needs, call DRG Designs at 973-588-7572. Once again, that number is 973-588-7572. And when you call, please mention Pure Gold. Without further ado, Mr. TJ, Todd Johnstone, how are you, sir? So much for growing the market in Philly tonight, huh? (laughs) Well, to pour a little more salt on that one, the Flyers lose to the Penguins in a shootout. What a shame. Fuck it! (laughs) 
<laughs> Leafs are leading the Avalanche in the final two minutes of the fourth. I think they pretty much got that one sewn up. The Senators beat the Rangers in a shootout. The Rangers lose them tonight. Uh, Ducks, yeah. Just wait, I'm saving yours. <laughs> Predators over the Ducks in the final with uh, two minutes to play. Uh, the Blue Jackets and the Coyotes no score about midway through the first. Indians get shut out by the Bruins. Not only shut out, but smacked down seven to nothing. Wow. Blues over the Oilers in the final minutes, and the Isles lose to the Thrashers two to one. Sharks and the Kings. They are facing off any moment now. In NCAA basketball, there were four games tonight. Connecticut over San Diego. Florida over BYU. Currently leading at the end of the first. And Wisconsin and Butler are back and forth with about 10 to play in the first. In the NBA, the T-Wolves are losing to the Mavs uh, in the waning minutes of their fourth period. And the Jazz lead with five to play in the third. Jimmy? Thank you, sir. As always, it is now time for your take. So, Todd, please take it away. So, for me and my family, um, draft day for us is is kind of an event in our house. You know, it, it's a celebrated thing. You know, it's something that rivals uh, Wild Card Weekend in that this entire weekend is going to be dedicated to this event. So, don't ask me to do anything else. And, you know, my family, we're pretty into it at least for the better part of day one anyway. Game day snacks, jersey on, the whole schmear. You know, a veritable welcome home to the NFL. We missed you. But this year, because of the lockout, there's going to be a major component missing from this, and that's the player trade component. You know, with my beloved New York Jets picking 30th overall and so many possible losses to free agency, if there is even going to be free agency, I feel somewhat fortunate that my beloved New York Jets don't have a lot of starter holes to fill. I mean, pass rushers, to me, seems to be the only real need. My beloved New York Jets have done an excellent job uh, over the past five or so years to build an excellent team through free agency and through the draft. You know, free agency, maybe with the exception of Chris Jenkins, it was a great pickup, but the guy was just far too injury prone. Uh, and with the draft, with the exception of maybe Vernon Golston. But this year, that element has completely changed. And I'm, I'm also not crazy about the format after last year of having a draft in prime time starting on a Thursday night. I don't really like that. I like the old format much better. With, you know, I wake up early on a Saturday morning. It's breakfast with, with the NFL. For me, it was a great thing. Um, so with that, I have a feeling that this year may be a bit dry. Without the big player for pick trades, I, I just think there's going to be much excitement for my beloved New York Jets. It's mostly backfill in the later rounds, uh, backup right tackle, backup nose, backup DTs. You know, I can only hope that my beloved New York Jets can get a top pass rusher before they're all taken. I'm Todd Johnstone, KB. TJ, I know you mentioned that the uh... – the draft times are sometimes, you know, not convenient for you and your family. That makes a big festival out of this draft day. So to that, I say. I'm a commissioner. Stand up and show some guts. <laughs> oh, I love some it. Guts. You make us all sick. That sums it up, huh, DJ? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> 
Have a good weekend, sir. Get some sleep. Thanks. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Take care, Todd. Folks, Todd's take is done. We're going to get into our next segment, folks. We have the one and only Hans joining us, not for Smallville View this time, but he's going to be talking about some other television things and some other goings-on in the world of entertainment entertainment, not sports entertainment. Hans, how are you doing, sir? How's it going, DG, JB, Pure Gold World? Sorry I was out last week. I had the the flu, but I'm back now. Really? The flu? And now you, sure you, and have, and and now you have a job? <laughs> What's that? Now, now you have a job? What the hell's going on? I got to make that money somehow. I got to support this show any way I can. CG, you got to pay this guy a little bit more money. Yeah, this guy's taking time away from from his pure gold duties to go work doing who knows what with who knows who. But, sir, what do you have on tap for us this evening? Well, first, I'm going to give you guys a review of uh, the movie Battle Los Angeles. Um, And then I'm going to segue into shows that are being canceled or are on the verge of being canceled by the networks. Oh, this is good because we got to talk about one show in particular. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, first, uh, the movie Battle Los Angeles, I absolutely loved it. I Probably two things that were wrong with it, uh, but other than that, it was a great movie from beginning to end. It was action-packed. There wasn't a dull moment, maybe for the first few minutes where they're introducing the characters or the main character's background, actually. Um, But basically, it's another alien movie. They come to wipe us out. We win in the end. The thing that I liked about this, of course, obviously. The thing that I loved about this, though, was that um, the aliens actually had a purpose. They had a reason. They weren't just attacking for no reason, like in in Independence Day, uh, it wasn't some weird-looking alien like in District 9. They had a purpose as to why uh, they were coming on Earth to to wipe us out. Aaron Eckhart played an excellent Marine. Actually, everybody who was in the movie played excellent Marines. Um, the only thing that I had was there was a scene where they're in, uh, I guess, in... Uh, in a formation, they were going down the the street, and they were supposed to be clearing the the alleyway. And the way they were they they were doing it, I didn't completely agree with it. That wasn't well. Being being a former marine, that wasn't the way we were taught to to walk down the street, especially during enemy fire. They were kind of just walking. They weren't holding their weapons uh, the way they were supposed to. It was kind of just like. Just a regular Hollywood? walk down the street. Mm-hmm. What was that? They were taking a stroll. They were taking a Hollywood stroll down the street. Is what you're saying? Pretty much. They were walking their dogs. Is what they were doing during that those two scenes. Other than that, the movie was great. I don't want to give too much detail away in case some of our listeners haven't watched it or you guys haven't watched it. I just don't want to give too much it. away. <laughs> okay. So okay. you should get it. Out of five PGs, I give it five pure golds. <laughs> wow, pure gold stars. Very nice. Um, I definitely want to watch the movie. Definitely, obviously. Uh, I would like to see it. I know that uh, Joe 
just commented to me that after that review, he'll never watch it. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that um, I definitely want to check it out. You know, I'm a big uh, action guy, so I like to, I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to like to see if we can somehow get that going on here in in this state, so that you know the three of us can go out there and you know kill some aliens or do something. You know, basically uh, have some purpose to our lives aside from talking about sports and movies in Smallville. <laughs> what else is there in life other than sports, yes. movies, and Smallville? <laughs> And wrestling. That's, that's a good point, sir. Now, uh, moving on to the the television shows. What uh, what shows are we talking about here, sir? Well, tonight, uh, actually, I just found out recently. I'm not sure if you guys are a fan. Uh, there's a show on FX called Lights Out, and this is actually the second show that Lights Out or the FX has premiered and dropped because of the ratings. Uh, this one is based on a boxer, his, uh, his finishing fight, then his comeback to the ring, uh, going back against the same guy. And while the ratings have steadily been dropping, so FX didn't decide to pick it up. Also on the chopping block is the event, which I know JV loves the show. I actually started watching it, but now I really don't want to continue Invest my time into a show if it's just going to get canceled. Wait a second, wait a second. You think he... Come on now, wait a second. Wait a second. Get lost, get lost. I can't take any more of this babble. Come on. You're telling me that they're going to cancel the event, Hans? Are you, is that what you're telling me? That's that's what they're saying. Well, you, you've been watching it since it premiered. Uh, I actually started getting into it. You know that uh, they, they had, I think, a 10-episode run. And then did the dumbest thing that they could do and take a almost three-and-a-half-month break to come back with new shows. And even at that, when they came back, um, according to the reviews, it wasn't what all the hype was being built up to be. And NBC kind of dropped the ball on the show. And right now, uh, they don't know whether it's going to get renewed or not. You know, th- th- they did the same thing with Knight Rider and uh... – it was oh, a big shut mistake. up, Knight Rider. That show sucks. <laughs> Nobody watched it other than you. That show sucks. Get over it. Yeah, but my whole point is you don't bring back a show, a legend, an icon like Knight Rider to cancel it mid-season. You just don't bring it back at all. If you're going to cancel the season, just don't bring it back at all. And if you're going to let the season, <laughs> let it play out, let them finish out the season, and then you cancel the season. You don't cancel the season mid-season. When well, else would you cancel that the season? The same thing to Bionic Woman. They brought back another icon. Gave it about like seven episodes and cut it off. Yeah, you know, I I I, I think I'm jinxed. It's uh, I'm surprised that Smolder didn't get canceled because I used to watch this <laughs> show called Jericho on Channel Two, CBS. That lasted one season, maybe two, I think, and then they canceled that. And then now I'm starting to watch the event. They're going to cancel that. So you know, thank God for Smallville. That's all to say, Hans. <laughs> well, I know Jericho had Help its. It, it had half a season, and then it was going to get canceled. The fans actually brought it back to finish the full first season. Then again, they they were chopped off, but the fans brought it back. And actually, that reminds me of another show on NBC, uh, Chuck. Every year, they say they're not going to renew it. Fans write in, call in, demanding that the show keep going. And it's been going for four seasons, and again, they're on the chopping block because the ratings suck. Nobody's watching TV. I don't know what people are doing. 
I don't know how shows keep getting made if nobody's watching. Yeah, that's a good point. No, sorry, so that's a good point because you know we go we could like shows and really all right if we're, if we're the only three watching the show, what does it matter? Smallville has been on the air for ten years because people watch it, and there's good shows that get canceled left and right. I know that one of the shows that's an absolute train wreck, sucks, worst show I've ever seen in my life, is Perfect Couples, and I'm glad that that show's getting canceled. Because that show, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. other than Olivia Munn, there's no reason to watch that show. Because that show is a train wreck. She's worst not even character. a good reason to watch. Son, son, I, I can't don't let, let, that you said Olivia Munn is a reason. To watch. She's <laughs> the dumbest person on that show. Yeah, but that's a character that she plays. I'm saying that she's she's very popular with the G4, yeah. the TV, with the video games. People know who she is. There's no other reason to watch that show, even if she's I don't a bad think actress. That's the character. I think that's who she is. She's the same way when she was on that uh, video game show. Very blah, very just stale. Her punchlines come and go. She's not even a good part of the show. You know, since you we're know talking that, about... Sh- wait. wait, hold on a second, sir. Wait a second. You do know that the the, the punchlines and the, the script is actually written out for her, right, Hans? You know, she this is not ad-lib. You know, she's on stage. She acts it out. If she can't act... <laughs> She might as well be just staring at the camera and looking at us. Maybe if she stared at the camera, they'd get better uh, better ratings, sir. What were you going to say, uh, Mr. J.B. Bacino, Joe Bacino, Just Business? Yeah, I don't think you guys actually follow any HBO shows, but one of my shows that I've been following for the last three, four years has ended uh, as of last Sunday. I just watched the final, uh, the series finale just yesterday on my DVR, and that was Big Love. That's basically a story of, you know, a man with three wives. It's about polygamy in the state of Utah. And I thought that uh, anytime you, uh, HBO does these kind of shows or series, they do a really good job. So I'm sure that you guys didn't mention it, but I'll mention it to the audience that <laughs> Big Love is now over. Uh, it was a great series. Just like I thought Sopranos ended weird, but it was explained on a website how what happened on that final scene because everyone you know, went into an uproar. I've seen Six Feet Under, another great series that's ended on HBO. Love that show. And, yeah, um, did you like the finale? I loved the finale. I thought it was the best finale I've ever seen. Uh, Six Feet Under was a beautifully written show, and that yep. season finale was just amazing. Yeah, I just wish that one of you guys would have watched Big Love so we could talk about that, because uh, the finale of that was just incredible as well. Um, but, you know, obviously we don't believe in polygamy, but it's, you know, good to watch <laughs> fiction on TV. Uh, you know, Actually, there's a new... HBO is really infamous for cutting off shows um, without letting it any chance to grow. They cut well, off yeah. uh, Rome. Deadwood. Remember Deadwood? second season. Yeah. How about that show called Deadwood? That's another good <laughs> show segment. that got cut off. I think this segment is Deadwood. If I could just throw that out there, but uh, what what other shows uh, you know can we discuss in the the next twelve hours? Well, you of the mentioned show? Perfect Couples. That's getting cut. Horrible. Uh, another another couple show that that's being cut off is Better with You. Um, let's see. Actually, Fox just premiered uh, another couple show, which is Traffic Light, which is surprisingly funny. Um, I heard that show's getting the X, too, because it's got putrid ratings. 
Really? I, I haven't yeah. read that yet. Yeah, I just read that this week, as a matter of fact, because I remember you and I talking about this show, how one of the guys from The Office is on there, but I heard that it's getting terrible. It was on IGN. It's getting terrible reviews. And they're gonna, they're gonna, the same article where I read about Perfect Couples, uh, it was the same article where they talked about how they were, this show was going to get the axe, too. Traffic Light is such a better show than than uh, Perfect Couples. I think you just hate Olivia Munn, and you're just taking out your anger I, that you have towards everyone. I think uh, it, that that is what it is. <laughs> I did it be with be, sir. <laughs> so Hans, in closing, is there any is there anything else you'd like to say about these T V shows, new shows, old shows, shows from twenty years ago, Transformers, G. I. Joe, anything? I disagree with Joe. They shouldn't start any shows if they're not going to give it room to grow. Shows like <laughs> the event, they have so much potential. Just like uh with Lost or flash forward. These shows are great for the mystery, for the excitement, the drama, and they don't give it enough to grow. They base the future of a show on three or four episodes, and that's it. If it doesn't right. do what they want it to do, it gets cut off. Let me give you let me give you a, an example of a show that I agree with your point. My wife and I were really big on this show. Lie to me with uh, Tim Roth and a bunch of other people that nobody cares about. Great show, and I mean excellent show. We were watching it on a constant basis. It, it was just about, you know, uh, Deception Expert, Cal Lightman, loved it. It only went two seasons, and from my understanding, that show is getting the axe. And that was an amazing show on Fox 5. And Parks and Rec just got renewed, but but uh, there was a, while, a time where I was afraid that Parks and Recreation, another great show, was also going to get the axe, sir. Also, The Office got renewed for another Oh, why? Year. Why did that show get renewed? Come on. I have, I don't know. Today's episode was new, and they're not going to come back with new episodes until a few weeks from now on April 15th. Of course. Of course. Give uh, us one episode for three weeks. That's great. Every they do three weeks, they time. come out with a new episode. They do it to Smallville all but the time. Other than that, the show yeah. was hilarious tonight. It, Steve Carell delivered, like, he has never delivered on that show before. I don't know if it's because they know he's leaving, but it was such Probably. a funny story. Obviously. Everybody was in it. Um, Definitely. Other than Jim and, uh, what's his name, Dwight, having the most time, Steve was absolutely funny. Definitely. Well, sir, hopefully next week you'll be able to bring us some of the more you know, impactful, insightful, innovative offense, innovator of, of television and movies, you'll be able to give us a new review next week. I actually went to go see a movie that you told me not to see, and Joe and I were going to talk about this, right? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it now. I went to see The Lincoln Lawyer, and I loved it. My wife and I went to the Dine-In Theater in West Orange, New Jersey. Folks, if you're from the New Jersey area, if you like movies, go to the Dine-In Theater. It is an amazing experience. We were in this comfortable reclining Leather chairs, we have uh, slaves, I mean waiters, uh, serving us food during the film, bringing out drinks, bringing out everything. It was incredible. The movie itself was really good. It was R-rated, which surprised me because while watching it, maybe there was a little content like uh, some of the, I guess, the violent nature of what was explained. But in terms of what you saw on the screen, there was barely any cursing, maybe two words. And it was a great movie, great film. And Hans, you would enjoy it. Because some of the music that was played during the film, surprisingly, considering they were in California and the cast was mostly white people, 
some classic rap music that I know you're into, sir, so I just had to throw that out there. It was a great experience. I'd recommend anybody go check that theater out. White people love classic hip-hop. What can I say? <laughs> of course. Yo. I know Joe does. <laughs> Yo, I'm down with it, homies. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to cut Joe off now at one drink. Sir, Hans, we appreciate you coming on the show. You could be doing many other things right now, like, uh, you know, watching Battle LA again. So we appreciate that, or watching Night Rider or the event or whatever. So thank you, sir. <laughs> and we look forward to next week when you tell us about which other of Joe's favorite shows is getting canceled. Uh, no problem. I'll try not to break your heart too much, JB. Thanks. <laughs> Actually, there's one nugget I wanted to drop on you guys. Oh, please uh, drop that deuce on us. Drop you it. probably don't watch uh, American Idol, but on tonight's nope. uh, episode, uh, the one and only Hulk Hogan appeared and saved two of the uh, singers from being booted off the show. Because what did he do? Did he come out and, and give a big leg drop, or what, what? What did Hogan do? Well, he always does. He came out, did his little pose, ripped his shirt, and the people loved it. You know what's great about that segment is that Hogan must be God because he was on TNA as well at the same time. Wow, he was in two places at be. once, possibly a Hogan impersonator. <laughs> but sir, Possibly. thank you for that. We appreciate it. Thank you for that nugget. It was definitely we just flushed that one down the toilet, sir. Thank you. No problem. Have a good night. <laughs> you too, sir. Folks, that was the one and only Hans joining us for his uh, his movie segment. Sir, as we uh, begin to wrap up the show, there's still a couple of notes that I'd like to get into, so I think we should just go into the overrun, because if not, it, there's just, there'll be no time for this, sir. i gotta, I got to mention one, another nugget if you'd like to get into something else. Uh, this is our wrestling thing for the evening. Uh, Wade Barrett defeated Kofi Kingston for the Intercontinental title. That's right, folks. Kofi was the IC champion on SmackDown, which airs tomorrow. Uh, this is another case that I don't understand WWE booking. Um, you know, they should have been at WrestleMania for the title belt. Make the belt seem important. I hope they have a rematch. But, you know, what they should do, and I've talked about this in terms of adding matches, they should have uh, Keith Slater and Ricky Martin uh, t- defending the tag team titles against Kane and Big Show. Although, I don't know how Kane is a face all of a sudden, but that's besides the point. And have an IC title rematch between Wade and Kofi, and you can have uh, Ezekiel get involved in that one. Sir, uh, any thoughts on that real quick? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, who knew that Coffee Kingston, first of all, was the Intercontinental Champion? I know I didn't. I mean, that's news to me. And for Wade Barrett to beat him on SmackDown, you know, I always said that the, that title should be defended on the show, but to be defended two weeks before WrestleMania, they could have saved that match, like you said, for WrestleMania, since they only have eight matches on the card. But we did talk about how Triple H and Undertaker's entrance music is each going to be, or entrance is going to be at least 45 minutes long. So, not surprising. Maybe they'll do the rematch at WrestleMania. Maybe they won't. We will see. Maybe not. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Sir, I'd like to get into another list with you, if I may. Um, according to WWE.com, your top ten guys to never be WWE champion. Number ten. Any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on who this list would be? Who would you put in the top ten of guys who should be WWE champion? Um, I would definitely say Rowdy Piper's one. Definitely. He is, according to the post. Okay. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, another person that, you know, uh, in my opinion, I, I think Mr. Perfect should be on that list. He is number three on the list. Okay. Um, 
Well, Million Dollar Man was a great heel that never won the title, so Million Dollar Man. He's number two. Um, why don't you give me a couple since I'm drawing some blanks? Well, number four on the list is Ricky Steamboat. I agree with Steamboat. I think he should have been champion. He was such yep. a great face and such a great wrestler that he could have carried Matt. Imagine him against Mr. Perfect. Imagine him against Ted DiBiase or Randy Savage for the WWF title. That, sir, would have been pure gold. That would have been. I mean, who rounds out that list, uh, the top ten? Uh, number five is Jimmy Snook. I don't agree with this one. I don't think Snooker should have been champ, but that's just me. I guess in a day and age where you had Bruno winning seven, you know, the title for seven years and Hogan having the title for four, they didn't have yeah. time for all this. But uh, Paul Orndorff is number six. I I think Orndorff should have gotten a run with that title because he was he was one of the top heels of his day as well, and he was definitely main eventing against Hulk Hogan. You know, I mean, he was in the main event at uh, WrestleMania one, and you know, he really had the him and Piper. He really had the, had the the goods, I believe, to to make it happen. I think he yep. should have been champ. Uh, Rick Rude, number seven. Don't agree with this one. I think, to me, Rude was a mid-carder at that time. If he was wrestling now, Rick Rude would obviously be main eventing, just like most of the people on this list. But I, I don't think that Rude was a, was heavyweight championship material, sir. What about you? Um, You know, I dig his tights. And he, he, actually, <laughs> he, did, did yeah. he actually made a did name for himself. In, yeah. Um, he actually made a name for himself in WCW, and he actually won the NWA World Heavyweight Title. So, I really think you know it's hard to you know we could debate this back and forth, but in this day and age, Rick Rude would definitely be World Heavyweight Champion or WWE Champion at one point. But um, that's the kind of argument that I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that let's let's just place these people into today's wrestling and just say that Rick Rude would definitely be champion. Okay, uh, number. Number eight is uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Any uh, any thoughts on that, sir? Nah, I think he boozed it up too much to be any kind of champion. <laughs> well, that's now, but at the time, I don't think he was really boozing it up, sir. Not not as much as as uh, we may think. Uh, number nine, I know you disagree with this one. Is uh, Coco Beware's best friend, the Junkyard Dog? Yeah, that's definitely a no for me. I don't see how. I don't even know what what kind of moves this guy made besides doing the headbutt uh, from the four point position on the, you know, on the mat. I mean, I don't think the guy should have ever been any kind of champion. Do you, DJ? <laughs> I think he could have been an IC champ, you know, because that's back when the title actually meant something. And rounding yeah. out the list, this, again, this, folks, this is according to WWE.com, um, Jerry the King Lawler. I know I have a feeling on that one, sir, but what do you think? No, he didn't wrestle enough in the WWE or WWF or WWF, three W's. Um, so I, I I really don't think he should have been champ. I agree. I definitely don't think that uh, he should have been champion. I don't even know why anybody would think. I mean, Jerry was a great wrestler, great personality, obviously, but not in my opinion, definitely not World Heavyweight Championship material. Just like I don't think he should have won the title against The Miz or whatever, but that's just me. But then again, The Miz doesn't deserve to be champion, you know, when you take into list all the guys who have never won the title. Um, sir, do you have any nuggets? Before we uh, close the show out, because I'd like to get into some of your uh, big old nuggets. No real nuggets, except I just want to give out some shout-outs, if I may. My niece, baby Alessandra, as I call her, was six months old as of Tuesday. I didn't get to mention it on the show, so happy six months to my niece, baby Alessandra. And also wishing a happy nine-year anniversary to my good friends, Mark and Jen. May you live to live another 99 years of being happily married. DG? <clears throat> You live to live another 99 years of being happy, seriously? I mean, it's, it, wishing, 
Oh, a lot of luck. I mean, is that all? 99 years, is that all? Yeah, that's true. I don't wish him that much luck, so 99 years is all. All right, sir. Um, you know, again, before we close the show, I'd like to get into something real quick. Uh, I'd like to touch on this, you know, as much as we can until we finally get into it. Sir, the top 50 WWE superstars of all time, um, we spoke about it a bit last week. Any uh, any thoughts as to, uh, you know, who you, who else you think uh, doesn't belong on this list or if we talk about the placement on the list, sir? Well, if we're just going to pick, you know, since we're running short on time, if, we're, if I'm going to pick somebody that, you know, shouldn't be on this list, it's probably number 27, and I'm going to say, not that I'm sexist or anything like that, but I don't think Fabulous Mula. well, you know what, she did do a lot for the sport in terms of women wrestling, so let me take that one back. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> I'll take that back right away. Uh, I'm going to have to say Dory Funk Jr. I don't think Dory Funk Jr. was ever as half the, the man as Terry Funk Jr. was in terms of, like, putting his body on the line. So, Dory Funk Jr., get the hell out. Join Randy Orton, where you belong, number 4,642. <laughs> Seriously, you think that he belongs uh, so low on the, uh, on, on the register? Yes, I do. All right, um, let me ask you a question. What do you think yeah. about uh, Pat Patterson being number 30 on this list? Do you think that Pat should even be on this list? <laughs> Why? Are you questioning his sexuality? <laughs> Again, with the, with the gay joke, no, I'm not questioning anything. I'm questioning his wrestling ability. I don't know what one has to do with the other, but what do he you was, think, sir? He was the first ever Intercontinental Champion. I think he should be on the list, yes. Well, I heard that that was actually a fictional tournament that never really happened, but that's besides the point. Um, okay, I guess I'd have to respectfully disagree with that. I don't think he deserves to be on this list. Sir, what do you think about Kurt Angle? And this, I, I drop a deuce on this one. Kurt Angle being number 34 on this list behind the likes of Fat Slob himself, Mick Foley, and Jimmy Snuka. Kurt Angle, I mean, sometimes I wonder what the hell are they thinking, DJ? I mean, Kurt Angle was definitely a one of the most complete technical wrestlers in the sport in history. I mean, for him to be ranked 34 is it's just an injustice to him. I don't know if they're doing it because he's in TNA, but then again, you look at other people, and they're in TNA, and they're on this list. So I, I don't know. Maybe he made some stupid comments like he did you know, about a month ago, DG, when he said he'll never work for WWE again. So it's like, all right, let's make Kurt Angle number 34. Yeah, let's just throw him in there. So let me ask you a question, a bit of a controversy here, a little PG controversy. If Chris Benoit hadn't uh, sullied his legacy, his career, everything, his life, by um, sadly murdering his wife and child, where do you think he would have been or would he have been on this top 50 list? I mean, considering all the people that shouldn't be on the list, you could definitely find somewhere to put Chris Benoit. I'd say he'd make the top 50 but probably closer between, you know, 35 to 45 in that area. I just don't think, you know, he had the technical skills, but he definitely didn't have the mic skills. And, you know, he wasn't champion enough. I don't think he was even that well known to be in the top 50. So I'd put him, if anything, put him in between 35 and 45, DG. But do you think that someone like Eddie Guerrero, who was number 11 on this list, I mean, how much better was Eddie Guerrero, if at all, than Chris Benoit? Yeah, I mean, we didn't get into that, and I don't think Eddie Guerrero should be number 11. I mean, he did a lot. I'm sure he did as very famous in his country, was very famous in his country, and wrestled for, you know, the two big organizations. But 
I don't see how Eddie Guerrero should be number 11. Uh, I mean, unless we're just paying homage to the guy that passed away with, you know, a heart failure. But, you know, he should definitely not be that high in that list. It's just, again, Eddie Guerrero at number 11, Hulk Hogan number 23. Uh, it, <laughs> this, this list is just one big turd. I agree with that, sir. Now, let me ask you another question. Um, let's say somebody, for example, like Jeff Hardy making this list. What do you make of that? Jeff Hardy making the list? Uh, I don't... You said, We did mention that this list was compiled by current WWE superstars. Yeah, we did mention that. Yeah, I mean, the current WWE superstars have... Just like probably the, this generation, they have no respect for history or they don't understand the history that they came from. To put Jeff Hardy on this list when you could have put somebody like Coco Beware on this list is just a travesty. <laughs> Speaking of Coco, uh, where do you think Coco belongs on this list of the greatest episodes of all time? <laughs> uh, probably like 7,464. So basically you're saying number one. DG, before I, uh, yeah, basically number one. Um, something that we touched upon off the air at, in our production meeting, do you have that other list that we were talking about today? Uh, what other list? Uh, the top nine guys who uh, should have been in WWE Hall of Fame? Yes. You know, I'm actually uh, I'm actually looking for it as we speak, and I can't find it. I remember that, um, that Rick you know Rude, what? I think, was number nine, sir. Yeah, you know what we could do is we could save that list for Justin and go over that with him on Tuesday. We could do that, sir. If you can't find it right now. Yeah, uh, unfortunately I can't find it. Okay. Not a problem. All right, folks. Well, you know, this has been another amazing episode of Pure Gold. And before we close out the show, let's get into our sponsors for the evening. If you have a copier, printer, fax machine, a computer, or even a typewriter that needs repair, if you do, folks, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400. They're located in Elwood Park, New Jersey. EBM is a family-owned and operated business for over 50 years now, where they specialize in service, sales, and supplies on all office equipment. Once again, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, and if you mention Pure Gold, you get 20% off your order. DG, I know that we are in the overrun, but it's amazing how we never got to how your night was. So maybe uh, one day we'll actually plan a show that runs according to time, and then we can get back to how your night was. Because well, you obviously folks, weren't you obviously weren't paying attention before when I was talking about going to the movies and how great it was and how great the experience was because that that was my night. Yeah, but I want to get into it and be like, you know, I've never been into a dine-in movie theater. To me, uh, if you gave me a recliner, I'd probably fall asleep and I probably wouldn't watch the movie. Well, I think you would enjoy it, sir, and I actually think that you should uh, check it out because, sir, it was uh, it was definitely some good stuff. All right, it, you know, it, it, it's a great it's a great place. It's just it's just fun for the whole family, sir. All right, sir. Folks, this show was also also brought to you by DRG Designs. Do you need a company logo? How about a fly for your next big event? You have an idea? Well, we can make it a reality. For your graphic design needs, call DRG Designs at 973-588-7572. Once again, that number is 973-588-7572. When you call, please mention Pure Gold. DG, you have a great weekend. I will try to have one, too. Yes, sir, please, you do that. Folks, as we close out, I would like to thank Fitz, our producer. I'd like to thank Todd for our update. I'd like to thank... <laughs> 
Jose, our media director slash public relations director. I would like to thank Hans for joining us for his movie segment. Of course, our lovely board op, Kelly, and you, the fans, our friends, our close personal friends. And that's all the time we have for this evening, folks. Remember to tune in next Tuesday night where we will be interviewing Justin Labar of WrestleZone.com. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always... Keep it PG. Good night, everyone.